0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good
1: morning. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Father Paul Rotten. Thank you for joining us. this fine, rainy morning here broadcasting from St. Mary's Parish in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's been a while, Father.
2: Yeah, it, uh, um, yeah I think it has. I'm trying to think of the last time... February? Live drive you were on, but not from that, here. Yeah, maybe yeah. January, February. How are things? Well,
1: they're they're good. <laughs> he uh, laughs. I that's just, not a good story. No, sliver. no, no. It's
2: always one of those, uh, <laughs> just trying to... Uh, <sighs> every day is a new adventure, and I don't do well with change, so... I don't either. So I'm always having to, like, readjust everything, and then I think I get it, and then it's something new and something different, and... But I think we've got massed down pretty well to... Uh, and then that will change. And then that will change, but... <laughs> Hopefully, it'll just get easier <laughs> and not more difficult. right. Um, so, and people seem to have been okay with the changes that we've made. so good.
1: how How have your masses been? You know second weekend?
2: Second weekend., uh, they've been about what what I kind of expected. They're not huge crowds by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is all right, you know, because we have a you know a fair number of people who either would be in that age range mm-hmm. uh, or that field of work, the medical field. Who are trying to you know keep themselves uh safe as well as others, uh, and then it, it is sort of summer now, and so those that have places at the lake are at the lake, and I wouldn't right. blame them either. <laughs> right, I could be at the lake, <laughs> I want to be all summer the lake. long, I would be there too. Uh, so yeah, but it's gone well, people well, have been good.
1: Eli, do we have a preview of today's show, or is that old hat okay? He said no, he okay. doesn't want to do it, all right? Well, so fine, terrible. we won't. But we've got a great show lined up today, and I'm excited to be back here with uh, you, Father Paul Rutten. And let's see. We have a little bit of bantering. So as far as um, your parish, do you have any of your seminarians? Any seminarians living here? Because I know in Sioux Falls.
2: Yeah, so we did have one. uh, Joe Schlanta uh, had lived with me during the school year. So the last two months he was living in the house with me here. Uh, and then I will get one for the summer as well. You know, it's always, I think a good, I enjoy it, mm-hmm. uh, have somebody different in the house. It sort of holds me accountable as well to, you know, thinking about making food and, uh, <laughs> right. all, all those things that, you know, cause you try not to live like a, I, I always say try not to live like a bachelor, <laughs> right. uh, and keep routine and schedule and all those different things. Uh, and then having been vocation director, it's kind of fun, uh, to not be responsible for these guys, but to be able to get to know them in different right. ways. Um, yeah so it's good uh what we really would like are seminarians from our parish like that's what i really want you know that's where i mean you want to be a parish that's you know producing religious vocations religious sisters and priests and brothers and all you have
1: any do you have any seminarians from saint mary's
2: No. no 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 not that i know of um so,
1: so, tomorrow you're recording Rutten Radio.
2: Yeah, so we got Rutten Radio coming up again, too. It seems like every time I turn around, it's Rutten Radio. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> so,
1: uh, let's let the listeners know, for those that have heard Rutten Radio know it
2: is highly entertaining. <laughs> yep, sometimes. Uh, it's the, two of two of my brothers and I, uh, so Father John Rutten and then Joe Rutten, the three of us just kind of bantering, talking about life and... Religion, faith—how does it all work? How doesn't it work? What's going on in life? Uh, those kinds of things, and then just sharing our own life, our own experience of growing up—you uh, know, what brought us to this point? Mm-hmm. What, where are we at in the midst of it all? Um, so yeah, so it's never dull.
1: So never dull. What's the uh, movie you're reviewing?
2: The Peanut Butter Falcon.
1: What? Never even heard of
2: Shia it. Shia LaBeouf. Oh. Yeah, I know. Who? Who would have thought?
1: All right, Peanut so. Butter Falcon. Okay, is it a tough read?
2: <laughs>
1: it's a... <laughs> it, or it's a movie. It's a movie, so I watched it. it was,
2: <laughs> you'll have to listen to the show. Okay,
1: we'll have to tune in. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, we're excited to have our very first guest on with us today. Oh. We have Bishop Donald DeGrood on. My boss. Your boss, behave. I know. Good I morning, do. Bishop. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. It's a good thing I was listening in early because yeah. I knew was father Paul Rutt was
2: saying. Yeah, uh-huh. good morning, Bishop. I, I just, said, just said Bishop at first. I looked and then I didn't look who it was, and I realized, oh my gosh, it's my boss. You better behave. You yeah. really behave. Oh, <laughs>
0: well, I noticed how the disposition
1: all of a sudden changed. Yes, yes. <laughs> he sat up
0: straighter Very in his chair and everything. Now. No, no, it's all good. That's good, good.
1: Good. How are you doing? I saw you were on retreat for a little bit.
0: Yeah, praise the Lord. I'm doing great. The Lord was very gracious uh, over retreat with grace. And uh, yeah, just a lot of beautiful things uh, if I remain in the Lord. And that's, uh, that's the key. Stay in the Lord. Stay in the Lord in all things.
1: Absolutely. So t- this morning we have you on to talk kind of about the mindset behind COVID-19 and the guidelines for returning to Mass. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about what's been going on in the diocese so far?
0: Absolutely. You know, I've been so grateful uh, for the leadership in Rapid City as well, working with Father Malloy and uh, with his clergy over there, and some of our consultants who are priests who help advise on higher-level sorts of things. And um, so really working with them and trying to say, you know, in the Dakotas here, in South Dakota, what do you think we should have as kind of some some protocol? Because what we're finding uh, from the research is that it's so different from area to area. Some areas they had uh, more cases of COVID, and others... I uh, had not had any yet, so how do we apply, you know, a, a principle or some guidelines that would apply for all the various parishes? So we really, I mean, I think to put it in a very simple way, uh, we came out with a letter uh, just basically indicating that we're going to resume Masses, but it really requires some really uh, critical things, and that is good practices in place uh, in the various Catholic uh, places where there'd be Masses, like our parishes, for example. Uh, But also, uh, we've we've learned and got insights from uh, the health uh, profession, of course, on uh, social distancing and hand sanitizing and,
2: you know, wearing
0: masks at church. So uh, this whole thing has been kind of ongoing as far as trying to assess and evaluate what we do, when we do it, how we do it. And as I understand, even more just very, very recently, there's even uh, more information on how long the uh, virus actually exists on surfaces. Mm-hmm. so there were so many unknowns and when there's lots of unknowns you're trying to be as prudently cautious as you can i try to tell people it's kind of like my goal in all of this is to be as prudent as i can but also pray and discern what i sense god wants uh... but basically not to underreact with the with the reality of the virus and its uh, potential dangers and, and hardship that it brings for people but also not to overreact right there's a balance in all of this mm-hmm. uh... St. Thomas Aquinas speaks about how the virtue lies in the mi- in the mean or in the middle. So what we've tried to do is provide some guidelines for pastors to be able to apply to their own particular situation, uh, because church sizes are different. And so how do they apply it in one place and, and the number of cases of the virus uh, from one place to the next, really relying uh, heavily on the pastors with some very clear uh, guidance and guidelines as to uh, what would be helpful, like keeping six feet between, uh, you know, the next individual or family. So family members can certainly sit together, but keeping those distance, wearing masks to Church, encouraging people to do that, hand sanitizing before Mass, uh, hand sanitizing before distributing the body of Christ. Here at the cathedral, for example, we've set it up that uh, people wanting to receive communion on the hand can do that uh, during the regular communion right time during Mass. Uh, but for those who'd like to receive on the time, we're very open to that. But we just simply do it at the end of mass, which is an option after mass concludes so that we can hand sanitize uh, between each one. Just because with the proximity of the fingers uh, to the mouth area where we know that uh, certainly the, the, the the pores can be, the virus can be spread more there. So those are just some, some examples of what we're stri- striving to do.
1: Well, in thinking back, you know, you've called yourself a baby bishop, and you're just uh, getting down the ropes, and I think, quite frankly, you have them down pretty well <laughs> already. But when you're a bishop of a of a huge area like this, who do you go to for advice or to talk through things with, or, I mean, do you, bishops have other bishops that you talk about how you're going to do things, or how does that work? What's...
0: Yeah, behind the scenes, got luck of resources. One of the things I find is, um, in, a, in a situation like this, and, you know, you turn to the medical profession. What what is what are the experts, if you will, telling us about the virus and what we can know about it? And it's you know, kind of projections of what they're anticipating. Then looking to our local leaders on um, the government level, uh, as they have to make decisions regarding businesses and all those kinds of things. So really relying on those two in our own area here. Uh, but then also, you know, having staff that work uh, with various um, either government agencies or health organizations, so they help advise me. And then certainly you have bishops. Uh, bishops put out different protocol and process different things. And so we also have the what's called the USCCB, the uh, that's the United States Bishops uh, Conference, and uh, they will also put out ideas and share recommendations or guidelines or direction on things. So. There's a lot of resources. It's a matter of just tapping into them.
1: Absolutely. Well, and can you explain kind of, so now we're at the point where mass in some parishes in the diocese have resumed and masses at other parishes haven't resumed, and that has been left up to the individual priests, is that correct?
0: That's correct. That's the way we set it up in our diocese, and and the reason being is because, for example, a priest himself may... Uh, be disposed. Maybe he's had, uh, you know, health issues in the past, respiratory sort of things, and so we wouldn't Mm -hmm. want to force a priest into Mm -hmm. that situation, and certainly with proximity of of masses, other places, uh, and live streaming. So we're continuing to do live streaming, and and the obligation for Mass is still lifted. Uh, So we're trying to make it as reasonable uh, as possible uh, for people to uh, come to Mass, if they're able to, and they feel ready for that. If not, uh, I want them to have peace of mind uh, and to have freedom around it. Uh, so so really, the, each pastor and his community, uh, he needs to discern what's best for his community and what's reasonable for himself.
1: I love that approach, that not everything fits <laughs> for every right. parish. all at all. So what are some hurdles, um, uh, Bishop Groot or Father Rutten, that you guys have come across that were a surprise to you? now that
0: we're
2: two two masses in.
0: Well, I'd probably start off with that, then I'll offer some words. <laughs>
2: um, the logistics of trying to get people in and out of a church and keeping the social distancing was one. Mm-hmm. You know, people are creatures of habit, and so they want to sit in particular places. And mm-hmm. So we actually used, like, uh, rope to sort of block areas off so people would have to go a certain way um, to be able to keep them from, uh, you know, going the wrong way or crossing over and all of those things um yeah you know so just the logistics just trying to figure out how do you bring people in and out of a space keep them safe uh at at the same time without it looking seeming too awkward Uh, we only had a few people who had to struggle because their pew got blocked off you know people they've got their pews (laughs) and so we had to gently help them decide whether they were going to sit in front of that pew or behind that (laughs) pew Uh, and they've now found their new spot for now so, yeah. How
0: about you, for Bishop? Yeah, I think uh, Father Rutten has such good hands-on. I think that's spot-on. I, I would say uh, on a higher level as well, I think one of the greatest obstacles, frankly, for people right now, for some people, is fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, fear of the unknown, uh, fear of the potential of getting it. Uh, and because it impacts people in such different ways, there's so much unknown. And so all of the uh, the extensive media... Uh, you know, uh, things that are going out and all of that, uh, it it can sometimes, at least my experience has been, it's been hard to get my head around what's the reality, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Because I'll receive, even as bishop, people writing letters to me on both sides of this. You know, I should not be canceling any Masses, and, you know, I shouldn't be opening up, whatever. So people have very different vantage points, um, and so as a bishop, trying to get my head around what are the facts? I want to base my decision on, as best we can, the facts, and some of it's unknown because it's so new and we have to see how it evolves in places that are even further ahead in the virus peak. Um, So that's one, I'd say that's probably one of the Mm -hmm. biggest challenges, get my head around what's the reality, and people will sometimes ask me as well, it's like, it seems hard to figure this thing out, what's going on here, how come we can't know more about it, Uh, because it's certainly a very new thing for most all of us, this this degree Mm -hmm. of uh, restrictions around math and certainly in our culture and, um, you know, particularly in, in certain states where there's, the restrictions are very, even more significant than we've experienced here in South Dakota. So I'd say those were, but I think mm-hmm. overcoming that fear and, and how do we, we had to learn how to social distance, and now I think it's going to be a challenge of how how do we learn to be normal in a healthy way, right? Sure. So, Still, social distancing is a proper and healthy thing as as the virus uh, continues its thing. But uh, will people be paranoid uh, of of some other sort of thing down the line? I think overcoming fear is going to be a big obstacle moving forward.
2: Yeah. You know, the other thing I noticed that was somewhat of a challenge is how do I help the person understand that I'm taking their point of view seriously, even if they don't get... What they want, mm. you know. I think it can be easy just to dismiss things because, you know, either you've studied it enough to know you know like that's not going to work or that's just not possible. And how do I help them at least know that I've listened uh, and I take seriously their concern or their 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 need? And then, but it's I can't do it all. You you just mm-hmm. I mean, as Bishop said earlier, if, if, I mean, both sides want something different, and yeah. somewhere in there is what we're going to do. Um, and I think at times my <laughs> my inclination at time can be just a, a quick response of no. but uh, mm-hmm. how do I just help them understand that that's a good point. Uh, it's understandable. Um, I We hear you, but here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let them have to make their choice after that.
1: Well, and that's another angle that I've been starting to see come out. Um, people were very loving and caring for their neighbor and still are. Mm-hmm. But I think also now that fear um, has kind of turned into a little bit of anger. And so um, when approaching some of the anger, mm-hmm. you know, how do we deal with some of that? Because I'm, I'm sure a lot of that anger is stemming from fear. Mm-hmm. And not everybody's doing as they should and, you know, all of that kind of anger. How do we speak into that?
0: Uh, as a bishop, from my vantage point, I think whenever we deal with anger... Um we have to first look at it and say, is it a legitimate anger? Mm-hmm. So there can be reasons where a person might be legitimately mm-hmm. angry because someone's doing something they ought not to do, right? So mm-hmm. somebody's not respecting the social distancing thing because they may not feel the need for it, but, it might be, but they don't necessarily realize the impact it can have on someone else. There might be mm-hmm. some legitimacy in that. But to be able to do it in a very uh, objective, rational, charitable way uh, to deal with the patients, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of like road rage, right? He <laughs> can yeah. be really frustrated because somebody did something on the road. It's like, okay, yep, he, he or she should have not have done that. That's true. I'm in a car. There's not much I can do about it. And if it's serious, sure, call the police, you know, kind of thing. But yeah. I think it's really a matter of putting it in perspective and realizing I can't control other people. But there are legitimate times where we might need to be a little more direct with somebody and say, you know, that was really inappropriate, you weren't wearing your mask. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you, you you've had a fever and you you know, if we if we learn those kind of things. So mm-hmm. yeah. um I think it's it's just a matter of trying to put it in right ordering and not just let the passion lead us, but letting reason lead our decision making.
1: Yeah. Might take a deep breath before <laughs> proceeding. <laughs> <laughs> How do you deal with that, Father?
2: Yeah, you know, the other thing I also have to be aware of is what is going on in me in the Mm. midst of it all, you know, because there can be even my own, uh, having just to deal with my own issues. Mm -hmm. And if this is a person, you know, or a situation that that I struggle with in general, Mm -hmm. and then it comes, you know, on top of it, uh, to really just pray through it and say, okay, well, why am I reacting or why do I have this without just first, you know, responding right back. Because it is, I mean, I mean, people would probably be surprised that the emails and the calls and the opinions that everyone gives and uh, and you just have to take a deep breath and uh, and listen to them mm-hmm. uh, and then listen to yourself as well and encourage them to continue to pray, yeah. you know. I mean, I, I do try to encourage them, you know, well, pray for your leaders, pray for the bishop, pray for the priest, like pray for us, like really pray for us that, we would be guided by the Holy Spirit to do what is right and best. So
1: are there any future plans, uh, Bishop DeGroote, as we come across this next month, two months down the road, are there any thoughts, plans, or are we just hanging tight?
0: Great question. So certainly thoughts uh, working on, uh, we need to develop a plan for how do we continue to transition, uh, if you will, back more to normal if the uh, the cycle of the virus continues to decrease, right? So as we look at the numbers of actual cases, and particularly hospitalization, uh, really helps us, it gives us the data to help make prudential judgments. Um, We know there's a possibility it could resurface again, some projections that it will be this fall. Uh, So it might be kind of an easing in and an easing back out again if we have to go at that point. So I think the real key is we let the data lead us and then we pray into it. You know, God's in all of this, and he wants to bring amazing things out of it. But so if we use the example of fear, like we were talking about earlier, a great thing to pray for is faith and hope, mm-hmm. right? So that my hope is going to be in God. This whole thing is very perplexing, and there's great hardship for people who've lost their jobs or other challenges, certainly those dealing with the, with the health challenges. Uh, but turning to the Lord, as, as uh, Father Rutten was indicating, uh, just let the Lord into that space. And suddenly the anxieties or the anger um, and even the uncertainties about how's this all going to work, um, it's really waiting upon the Lord. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm waiting upon the Lord to show by his providence what he allows to happen. Uh, if we can continue to, to uh, lift restrictions uh, even more and move back to a more normal way of, of celebrating Mass, for example, and uh, normal uh, parish functioning.
1: Well, and one thing I always like to focus on, too, are the benefits that I have received out of this pandemic. And and, and that would be, you know, spending more time with my family, cooking more in the home, mm-hmm. um, just more quality time with my mother and getting back to the roots. I mean, we, we This whole last weekend, we started to do all of our old family favorites. Oh. So old foods that we haven't had in years. Awesome. We, that's what we've been doing the whole weekend is cooking up these old time recipes as a family. So what are some things that you guys are seeing um, that are fruits of this pandemic?
2: I think people getting to know their neighbors. Uh, You know, I've talked to a lot of people that have said, Oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe who all lives in in my neighborhood. And I just (laughs) never see, I've just never seen them before. You know, I mean that, that reality, someone said, you know, uh, w- one of the challenges is we started to build our decks behind our house instead of in front of our house, and mm. so when most people socialize, they go behind their house, mm. so that ability to see people walk by and uh, just that the people out and about more mm-hmm. uh, and just being able to see people and getting to know where people are, are at in the midst of it. How home.
1: about you as a priest
2: what's that?: um,
1: What are some of the fruits that you have received?
2: You know, again, as I tried to say to my people, as much as I love the Eucharist and as much as it really is the center of of everything, mm-hmm. I sometimes f- feel like we've sort of limited Christ to that one thing, that one sacrament, that one moment of grace. And I really just discovered God wants to meet us in so many ways, uh, and in the midst of the circumstances of life, that I have to sort of step back and say, it's it's not up to me to decide how God's going to come through in the midst of this circumstance there. And so just to be able to see, uh, uh, for me, a broadening of the, the beauty of our faith and the sacramental mm. life in general.
1: Beautiful.
0: How about for you, Bishop DeGrood? Yeah, I think uh, just building off some of the uh, comments that were already mentioned, I think for people, one thing, just slowing down and, um, you know, because they can't be running through all maybe the activities they were doing before, and there's something really good about giving that time for us for a more recollected life. Mm -hmm. And kind of building off that, I'd say the two key things for me, uh, you know, I just just basically got here and trying to figure out how to be a bishop, and then (laughs) before long we go into this uh, mode, so I'm still trying to figure out what normal is. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: But what it's really required me to do is you know, leaving all of my family, friends, parishioners back home, uh, just in humility, I'll share that, you know, it's really hard. There's loneliness and yeah. goes with that in transition. And, you know, you want to, I want to connect with people. I, I like to be with people, but the Lord was really through this said, no, I want you to principally rely upon me. And so the Lord's invited me into a much deeper personal relationship with him. So that I'm not just turning outwardly because I want to fill that emptiness, but let him fill that emptiness. So it has been a beautiful spiritual fruit for me. The second thing I'd say is it's really enabled me to get my head around things more on the administrative end of things, mm-hmm. by just being able to be in the office and mm-hmm. focus on projects or assignments, like for clergy and planning. Uh, if I was out running around, I just wouldn't have time to do all that stuff. So mm-hmm. the Lord, in his own way, has brought beautiful fruits for me personally and, in a sense, in my work as a bishop.
1: God is good. Yeah. <laughs> well, any last thoughts for our listeners? We only have a couple minutes left before we let you go. Um, any last thoughts for uh, your parishioners and listeners?
0: Yeah, I think for me as a bishop, what, what comes to my heart are the words Jesus would so often say, fear not, mm-hmm. fear not. Uh, in other words, yes, we need to be prudent, we need to be reasonable, and we, there's a legitimate fear, a healthy fear of being prudent. Right about how we approach all this stuff uh, with the virus. But to, to God's got this thing. And so to fear not would be my be my sense. Fear not in the Lord, because love casts out all fear. And knowing the love of God, we have all that we need for whatever lies ahead.
1: Beautiful. Well, if you wouldn't mind parting us with your blessing.
0: Absolutely. The Lord be with you. And, and with, with your, your spirit. spirit. May God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Blessing.
2: God bless you, Bishop.
0: Thank
1: you so much, See Bishop DeGroon. Bye. Now. Bye. <laughs>
2: He's fantastic. Yeah, no, it, it is good. And again, yeah, I mean, having just moved to St. Mary's this last August, yes. it is hard when you really are connected, and, and it sort of comes out of left field that you got to move. Uh, it's just as painful for the priest or the bishop uh, as the people, like it's a real loss and you know, just the the real need to kind of figure it out like how do you do this, how do you
1: and there's no rule book, and you nobody no. knows. That's, no. that's been the hardest part for everybody, I think, is nobody knows. And right. everybody's an expert on different areas, and they're all wrong.
2: Yep. And yep. they're
1: all contradicting each yeah, other. Yeah, no, it, it, it's <laughs> a, it's
2: a, it really is a challenge. It's like, oh, man, here we go. Here's what this um,
1: person says, and that person yeah. says, and this study, and that study. But a
2: real need to just be able to find peace with what we're doing you know, Mm -hmm. and then if you need to make a correction or change, you know, so we opened two weeks ago, uh, we had mass Sunday mass and, you know, again, like anything, I got emails and messages and Mm -hmm. father, you should do this and shouldn't do that. And this and that, and this and that, you know, and to really take them all in and just, okay, well, make some adjustments, you know, and and try to again, help people see that we're, we're doing the best, but it has been interesting just to see how people, you know, so many people are, on one side or the other, and it just—that's the saddest thing I think about the whole thing. It seemed like there was a lot of it, so I turned the news off most days because yeah. it just wasn't helpful.
1: Yeah. At the beginning, I was just shocked and constantly watching it because I was trying to wrap my yeah. head around it. And then after a while, you're like, "Not nope. happening. Nope. It's nope. not happening. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not understanding nope. anything."
2: <laughs> no. And and so to be able to find your, the sources that are helpful and really kind of move forward in the midst of it all, I think for all of us, and it's yeah. going to keep changing. Yeah. You it know, is. It so. is
1: well, and I personally loved getting to watch uh, Bishop DeGrood's masses on Sunday morning. Yeah, a I lot got of to people know. Him a, no, a lot bit. of people
2: said that they really got yeah. to know Bishop DeGrood because of this. Yeah, uh, so so it was a there was a great blessing. That in was
1: there. that was exciting. Well, we have our I suppose second break of the morning up next. A how to for high school graduates when it comes to staying connected to their faith. Stay with us. Another great hour of Real Presence Live begins after this break. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father Paul Rutten. We'll be right back with you.